With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all? Your kid's Halloween candy and it's April. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty cake. Except no substitute. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard, coming to you from London this week, so pardon our possible wonky audio. Oh, don't don't, uh, don't kid yourself. The audio sounds amazing. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital here in Los Angeles. Hello, Katie. How are things back in Southern California? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. We're we're not going to talk about the coronavirus or who's dropping out of the Democratic <laughs> presidential. We're just it's just everything's great. Everything's just doing just fine. Everything because is always, awesome. Everything is amazing because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun charts, stats, and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, today on the show, we've got chart news about BTS's new album, Bulldozing the Competition, and debuting straight in at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with the biggest week of 2020 for any album, and how they did it without a single ticket bundle or merchandise bundle. We've got news about how Marin Morris's number one country airplay hit, The Bones, has crossed over to the Pop Songs Airplay chart, and how both Justin Timberlake and Lady Gaga are back with new singles as their latest tunes, Justin's The Other Side with SZA and Gaga's Stupid Love both debut on the Pop Songs chart. And speaking of stupid love, we'll be discussing why pop music needs Lady Gaga right now, what the single means for her career at the moment, and more. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, no surprise, BTS lands its fourth number one with the biggest week of 2020 for any release as Map of the Soul 7 storms in atop the tally with 422,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending February 27th, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, funny enough, uh, a week ago on the podcast, I think I was talking about how it could hit 300 or a little bit more. Yeah, well, so much for that 300 number. Um, of the 422,000 sum, 347,000 of that is in album sales. Um, and uh, all told, it's the fourth number one in less than two years for the seven-member South Korean pop group. 
Uh, so let's break down some of the big achievements that BTS has tallied with the new album's arrival. Um, there's a lot to go over. This is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and Katie, if uh, you or any of our listeners would like to the full rundown, you can see my story that I posted on Sunday. Okay, so it is the biggest week of 2020, as I said. 422,000 equivalent album units. Uh, the last album to have a bigger week was actually Harry Styles with Fine Line, uh, which arrived at number one back on the December 28th, 2019 dated list. It started with 478,000 units. Another fun fact about Map of the Soul 7, its first week units and its first week album sales are both high water marks for BTS and each of their last four albums, all of which have been number ones, have started with successively larger first week units and sales. So since their first number one with Love Yourself tier back in 2018, they've continually had bigger debuts with each album. I don't know how much bigger it can get, but I mean, with BTS at this point, who knows what could happen? It's pretty amazing. Um, and it just sort of says like, you know, if anyone ever thought this whole BTS thing was a fluke back in 2018, ha, hmm. ha, I tell you. Okay, so as we mentioned, Map of the Soul 7 sold 347 thousand copies which is the biggest sales week for any album in 2020 and the best sales week for any album since again Harry Styles with Fine Line sold 393,000 copies uh, back when it debuted at number one last December. Now notably uh, Map of the Soul 7 sold well without the aid of a concert ticket album sale redemption offer uh, often known as a ticket bundle nor any merchandise album bundles, uh, which has become the norm for most every major release, including Harry's Fine Line. So Harry's big number was goosed by a bunch of t-shirt album bundles and you know hoodie bundles and a concert ticket album bundle. BTS didn't have any of that. Nada. In fact, you know, actually with all their number one albums, they've never done a single merchandise bundle. And they only did a ticket bundle once with one single solitary date for one album. So it's kind of crazy that they've really resisted doing what has become very common and acceptable, um, you know, for most acts to do. Um, do I know the reason why? No. Um, but I just think it's interesting that they're just like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, that said... <laughs> Map of the Soul 7 sold strongly thanks in large part to the availability of four elaborate collectible CD packages, which is the same release strategy that BTS has employed with their previous three number ones, as well as basically every South Korean you know, pop act. And even Taylor Swift did this with her Lover album last year. She had four different collectible packages. Um, of Map of the Soul 7's first week sales of 347,000, Sales of its CD variants were 330,000 of that Whoa. figure. Basically, yeah, like 95% of it was all CDs, and digital was just 17,000. So you can tell people clearly were buying lots of these CDs. Yeah. And to make it more alluring, like if you're a hardcore fan, you probably want all four versions. And you know, each of the four versions came with the same sort of basic contents. There was the CD a photo book, a lyric book, a mini notebook, a postcard, a sticker, 
There's even coloring paper, which I don't think I've ever seen inside a package like this before, and a poster. Anyway, on top of all this, where each of the four versions is just a little bit different, there was also 32 randomized photo cards that were strewn about these CDs. So if you bought four copies, you would get perhaps four different photo cards, but you still had another 28 to collect. So there's probably some crazy fan that's trying to find all 32 random photo cards. Who knows? But anyway, enough about BTS. <laughs> that was a lot of BTS. I apologize. I mean, poor, they, poor had, they had a big week. Yeah, poor Katie's just sitting there listening to me ramble. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> um, next up, country star Marin Morris brings her number one country airplay hit, The Bones, to the pop songs airplay chart as the track debuts at number 39 this week. Now, the song spent two weeks at number one on the country airplay tally really recently and marks Morris's second visit to the pop songs chart after her pop smash collaboration, The Middle, with Zed and Gray. Um, it's not super often that we see a number one country airplay hit by like a core country artist cross over to the pop songs chart. Um, Sam Hunt did it with Body Like a Back Road. Uh, Keith Urban did it a long time ago with You'll Think of Me. Um, Dan, Dan and Shay actually did it twice. They did it with Tequila and Speechless. And then they did it sort of again-ish with 10,000 Hours. But of course, that had Justin Bieber on the track, so it's not really a fair comparison. Um, how far will the bones go on the pop songs chart? Who knows? But I think it's pretty darn cool that Marin has crossed over um, over to the pop world with this, you know, huge country hit. Marin is is genreless at this point. She's just going wherever they'll play her. It is interesting that I think that like someone like Thomas Rhett, who has a lot of sort of pop sort of flourishes to his music, hasn't crossed over to pop. And I wonder if that's just sort of a like a, a factor of maybe his label not kind of promoting him mm, to pop radio because yeah. it seems like he would fit. Well, you know, there's know. a lot of rule, unwritten rules with country uh, music and labels, et cetera. So who knows? But Marin, yeah, Marin's con- killing it. Country, you know, yeah, I mean, country's a little weird. Um, country radio, that is. Um, but no more commentary on that. <laughs> uh, la- lastly, uh, staying with the pop songs airplay chart, two of our biggest pop songs of pop songs, pop stars of, I think, the last sort of decade and two decades um, return to the chart as Justin Timberlake's The Other Side, a, collab- a co-build collaboration with SZA, uh, debuts at number 27, while Lady Gaga's Stupid Love starts at number 28. Uh, now The Other Side, uh, as I'm sure Katie already knows because she's uh, the queen of the JT <laughs> fan club, is from the upcoming Trolls World Tour film sequel, of course, starring the voice of Timberlake. And the sort of disco-y throwback track uh, is from the sequel film to Trolls, which came out in 2016, which of course boasted an Oscar-nominated number one Hot 100 hit in Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling. So with that kind of history in mind, one can sort of expect that many people are assuming the other side could kind of achieve that success. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I haven't asked Katie this. This wasn't in the script. But I'm wondering, Katie, what do you think of Justin's new song? I like it. It's fun. I, you know, he, his last album, Man of the Woods, just kind of dabbled in in pop. And, and this was just like full-blown pop, which I think, you know, a lot of the original JT stands, that's what we love him for. 
Yeah, it's it's to me it kind of ha- evokes like disco, like it has like a disco vibe to it. Absolutely, which I'm totally on board with, as you know from my other f- current favorite, Dua Lipa. Yeah, uh, Gary Trust wrote a really interesting story that posted uh, on Monday about how Dua Lipa, Gaga, and Justin, according to radio programmers at least, are kind of bringing back sort of disco dance pop to radio airwaves, and I'm living for it yeah Um, i mean if you look at just early justin timberlake solo justin timberlake too, like rock your body i mean that's full-on like disco era like mj so you know he's always been that song was actually meant for mj wasn't it i think oh was it well i mean it sure sounds like it so also uh, and then last thing i'll say about this also if we if we couldn't get sort of pop justin with man of the woods he's been careful to sort of serve up like big pop moments with these random troll tracks every couple of years. I'm like, please, if this is what it has to take, I you, great, I'll take it. Yeah, if the only way you would get in a room with Max Martin is to make a troll song, I guess that's what we have to <laughs> deal with. Um, and on to Gaga uh, and her stupid love. Uh, the cut is her 20th hit on the pop songs chart, and it's her first visit to the list since Shallow, uh, her Oscar-winning song from A Star Is Born peaked at number 19 last May. Uh, now, the new song is the first single from her upcoming new studio album, which is titled Chromatica, uh, which is due out on April 10th. And the dance pop track is accompanied by a dance-filled video set in an otherworldly landscape with, per the video's helpful opening title card, tribes that are battling for dominance. And of course, Lady Gaga is there to apparently act as a mediator in some kind of capacity. <laughs> listen, it's a little bit hard to listen, tell. Listen, I don't think we should full-on try to dissect this video. Oh, no, we can get into it. Come on, <laughs> we have this whole segment all dedicated to Gaga. We're, we're going to get into it deeply. Well, speaking of that, uh, you know, Gaga's new single is just kind of just a return to form for how we met Lady Gaga back in, what, like 2008, nine. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> um, but let's talk about why Stupid Love just seems important for both Gaga and for pop music right at this moment. Uh, Keith and I, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, both love Gaga. We've even had her on the podcast before, which is insane still to think. Um, but why? I, the thing we wanted to get to is like why it's important for Gaga to drop a new single right now and this specific single. So Keith, I'm throwing to you first. Uh, What did you think when you saw this and why do you think it's important for Gaga right now? I think, I think, I think Gaga is in tune with kind of where we are at right now. Um, Basically with world events, with uh, pop culture, with politics, where, you know, I think people really want to have a moment where we can kind of escape and kind of have a moment to just dance and love and be happy. And um, if anything, Gaga is great at kind of delivering a message, like a big overarching message with her with her music and a very positive message in many ways sometimes with her music. And I feel, I'm, I would like to think that she kind of is reading the room right now and really is kind of in that space where she wants to deliver a big uplifting um togetherness moment Mm -hmm. with her music and I think that's what I think that's what pop needs from Gaga uh right now and I think that's you know what you know maybe Gaga wants to bring to to music right now is this moment of sort of togetherness that's just what I think I mean I think you are correct and you know as we mentioned with kind of the 
the disco comeback. She went full on dance pop for this track. And while, like I said, when we met her, this is 100% what we expected from her. She literally came out of the gate with the song Just Dance. And but then you look at the, uh, you know, last decade and we've seen lots of different versions of Lady Gaga, including, you know, singing with Tony Bennett, the standards and, you know, doing the the Sound of Music tribute at the Oscars. And, of course, A Star is Born and Joanne being both kind of singer songwritery versions of Gaga, more stripped down, um, you know, makeup free, just like wearing a hat and jeans. Um, and so we've seen all these different incarnations and I think you're exactly right about why she chose now to come back as the like all dance Gaga and I am like all the way here for it as well. And I actually, I love Joanne. I think it's great how she changes and evolves and is never the same. And I think it's part of her appeal. And obviously, you know, Keith being a Madonna fan loves an evolving diva. Like no one needs to stay the same, make the same music, have the same hair color, have the same fashion every time that gets boring. And she just re constantly reinvents herself. And the reinvention right now is kind of a return to form back to the dance pop roots. Right. Yeah. I mean, and also sort of like, frankly, like an alien Gaga. I mean, in a way it's, this is sort of like a, like art pop, not really an art pop moment, but you kind of feel like when she did like born this way and she was, kind of portraying herself as this sort of alien-esque creature with, you know, the the makeup mm -hmm. that kind of made her look like she was otherworldly and coming from a cocoon. I feel like she's sort of hearkening back, you know, to kind of that vibe in, in a way, but not quite as heavy. But if, if anyone can kind of do this kind of, um, you know, role play in pop, you know, it's Gaga right now. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as you mentioned, her videos – um, have always been a huge part of her identity as a pop star. And to me, I was almost thinking, I was thinking a little bit of bad romance too, which I think like the idea of the, even the phrase bad romance and stupid love kind of seem like companions, you know? Oh, I didn't even think of that, but that's a good, I didn't even, oh, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> good one, Katie. And so I think that if you look at those videos and those like uh, visuals in general, like from both of the, these songs, they sort of, you know, feel like a team a little bit, but this one's more positive. Bad romance was a little bit more like a little darker. And this one's about like a cute, stupid love instead. So it's a little lighter and a little bit airier and a little, you know, you know, more pink and uh, including in the video. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, we've kind of talked about like what this means for Gaga specifically, but like, I guess where, maybe where does she fit in to pop music as a whole right now? And why does, maybe pop music need a Lady Gaga return at the moment is the next question. I mean, I, I sort of, you know, touched on that earlier where it's like, you know, it feels like right now, you know, so I mean, and certainly to a degree, you know, it, pop radio right now is really welcoming to dance pop. I mean, yeah. Dua Lipa has the most popular song on Top 40 radio right now with a song that is very throwback disco dance pop with Don't Start Now. So, not and, and certainly not that Lady Gaga is like a follower and said, oh, Dua's found a lane. Like, clearly, Pop is welcomed back. I'm like, she's not doing that. She's just making what she feels is important to her, obviously. But I think right now, like, I think maybe radio and pop music is saying, all right, look, you know, we have a lot of hip hop right now. We've got a lot of rock music. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we just need a, a little bit of pop, a little bit of fun. And things are so kind of like, 
depressing sometimes when you turn on the news or open up your social media account and someone's screaming at someone about Hmm. something stupid. It's like, you know what? Forget that stupid crap you're reading on Twitter. Let's have some stupid love together. You know what? It kind of made me think of, too, um, when you think about, like, obviously Lady Gaga is not a follower. She, like, you know, kickstarted, like, a lot of the dance music craze that now, like, Dua Lipa is doing a new version of 10 years later. It kind of makes me think of, you know, when boy bands became such a big deal in the late 90s, and then all of a sudden there was, like, a hit song by Jordan Knight and a hit song by Joey McIntyre. These, you know, they weren't following trends. They were continuing to make pop music a la new kids on the block from a decade previous. But like there was all of a sudden like a safe space for them again. And I feel like that's kind of like, it's like Dua Lipa's success on pop radio made a safe space for dance pop again. And of course, who else would return to that safe space, but you know, mother monster, uh, you know, with, with her return to pop form. So I think it makes just total sense. This is a pop works in waves and cycles. That's how it works. Agreed, Katie. I, I'm with you fully on this. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, I don't want to blow up Keith's spot, but he has still not seen A Star is Born, which is just Shut so up. shocking just to just me. Let... <laughs> I'm old. You, by the way, <laughs> you haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. That's so... true. That's true. But I, I, I'm only blowing up your spot in the sense that this is not this part will not be a conversation. This will be a monologue, a soliloquy from Katie about A Star is Born. Because I have to say, like, when you look at that this character of Allie that she played in the movie – um, the big thing was she was discovered as this like, you know, singer songwriter, you know, Joni Mitchell kind of uh, person playing the piano and doing these troubadour kind of songs. And then throughout the movie, she, you know, starts this pop star career. And of course, those those things are kind of stripped away from her. And in the movie, that's presented as like this bad thing. You know, Bradley Cooper's character is sort of judgmental of the the very like airy, light, fluffy pop thing but as we know from lady gaga who like started her career as this you know out and out pop star it's there can be smart pop (laughs) stupid love and smart pop and there can be like pop that is not necessarily mindless and not necessarily like taking away her identity or et cetera, et cetera. Like there's, there could be an authentic, um, you know, pop star. And I feel like Gaga has always represented that, but the movie sort of makes you look at, you know, all of her various moves and, you know, throughout different genres and throughout different sounds, it makes you look at them through the lens of the film, which is kind of crazy now. Like that's how me at least, that's how I'm going to look at her career. I was like, oh, this is like Allie coming back to being a pop star again. <laughs> and I don't know how Gaga feels about that. I'm sure she's happy with her decision to be in the wonderfully celebrated movie A Star is Born. But it's just kind of crazy that we n- I now apply that to, to her actual real-life career, too. Yeah, and probably not the intention, but I'm sure a lot of other people are probably doing you know the, the same, same thing. thing and looking at that and trying to find parallels between her life and the Allie life. Totally. Which is why Bradley Cooper doesn't just pop up in the desert in the stupid love video. You know, wait for the (laughs) remix. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so finally, uh, how do we think that this, you know, this song will sort of, what the shelf life will be of this song or what the run will be? Because obviously, you know, what you were talking about, it being on pop songs at number 28, that's just off of a few days of um, radio airplay. So, like, what do we think it's going to, what kind of run do you think that'll have over the next few months? I mean, frankly, she's been having she's she's had trouble on top forty radio, you know, basically since 
art pop. I mean, applause and do what you want were top 10 hits, but she hasn't had a top 10 pop songs hit since do what you want in January of 2014. So, you know, perfect delusion peaked at number 22 from, you know, uh, Joanne million reasons went top 20. Then she had that random dance track, the cure that came Mm -hmm. out that hit number 20. Um, shallow went to number 19 it was a much bigger hit on adult contemporary radio mm-hmm. and obviously it was a number one hit on the hot 100 but her her fortunes at top 40 radio aren't always it's not very secure it's not very like oh she's obviously gonna have a top 10 hit so i don't know but i feel i feel like if anything there's like so much sort of love for her right now and sort of the space that she's at in her career i feel like this could have a good run but it's kind of it's going to really depend on how the audience and fans and radio listeners react to the song. I think we need to kind of wait like about a month and a half yeah. to really see how this song's going to do. Well, and stay tuned, of course, to Pop Shop next week when we will talk about its you know first full week on the charts as well. Yeah. I felt like our conversation went on for too long, so I stopped it right there. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I- we could talk about we could talk about Lady Gaga for like two full episodes. We, I mean, this could be the Gaga cast. We really could, honestly. We've done a Gaga cast before, remember? We just were just riffing on our favorite Gaga songs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, have have we have we reached the end of our big shoe? I is, guess is we this have. The conclusion? I um All right. uh, thank you for joining this Lady Gaga support group with us though. um all right uh any parting words aside from uh you know where are we going to meet next for the support group or or is that kind of it which church basement will we meet in next (laughs) um (laughs) uh no i i will always talk about gaga i love talking about gaga i even like keith gave me the option to talk about gaga or justin timberlake today and i chose gaga which just seems wrong but uh it's just where I'm at in life right now, apparently. I'll give it time. I'm sure we'll have a whole JT dedicated episode. <laughs> JT in the next cast few weeks. coming soon. Um, okay, so what songs should we go out on? Um, I'm leaving that to you. I feel like I've made wacky choices the last few weeks, so I'm gonna let Keith choose. Um, I'm gonna go out with a song that has never been performed live together by its two artists, and it is a Lady Gaga Beyonce song Ooh, called Telephone. Good one. The number one hit on the pop songs chart, by the way. Yes. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.